the biggest stories from the pages of the London Free Press and LFPress.com. This is the London Free Press Podcast with your host, Lindsay Barnett. Welcome back to the London Free Press Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us and being here. If you're enjoying these, don't forget to hit subscribe. We do this every single Thursday. Uh, This is very exciting for me. And self-admittedly, I'm a bit of a city council nerd. I think politics is really important. And I think municipal politics is very, very important because it directly impacts us. And I feel like we can actually kind of affect change with municipal politics and city council. So I'm very excited to be joined by London Free Press City Hall reporter, Megan Stacy. Megan, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm so glad you're ready to talk council, Lindsay. So I'm so excited. So you cover council, obviously. There was a bit of a bombshell the other night um, with regards to Ward 6 councillor Phil Squire. Let's talk. What did he announce? Such a surprise. You know, I was sitting here watching the meeting, watching the live stream uh, earlier this week. It was Tuesday after a long weekend, kind of gloomy, and Phil opens a meeting. Uh, it was a, commi- a committee meeting, and they were expect- we were expecting a lot of debate about how to fill uh, the Ward 13 seat. He drops this bombshell right off the bat to say he's resigning. Uh, he's leaving. He's been appointed to Ontario's Consent and Capacity Board, which deals with uh, you know, people's ability to make their own medical decisions and to consent to medical, medical decisions. And so uh, fills out. Effective immediately, he says. He's basically tendering his resignation as of last week. So suddenly, not just one vacancy on city council, but two, uh, which is a, a huge surprise. I mean, Phil leaving is, is its own bombshell, as you say, uh, and having two vacancies to fill in you know, a relatively short time, uh, a year, basically a year away from a municipal election. Man, like this is the most lively week we've had at City Hall in probably a year. So it's going to be fun. And I think you can already tell, uh, at least if, you know, the chatter that I hear is any indication, people are like pretty fired up about it, right? How do we fill those vacancies? Who should come in? You know, what's the proper process? It's it's really nice to see uh, at least some people lit up about that. So always, uh, always good to hear the debate. And I think it's going to be a fun couple of weeks as council irons this out. I love that you call this fun. I was reading your article about this because I was not watching the committee meeting and I was like, <gasps> what's going to happen? Like past the popcorn type deal. So Ward 13, we've lost Councillor Ariel. She is a new Liberal MP. Um, we've lost her because of the federal election. Um, and as you just mentioned, Ward 6, Councillor Phil Squire. So there was a whole other discussion going on with regards to how to fill Ward 13. So what options do we have exactly? Yeah, so all city councils are governed by the Municipal Act, which is, you know, provincial law. So in Ontario, there are a couple of options for a city council, you can appoint someone. And that appointment process can take all kinds of paths on its own, right? You can just bring forward a name, um, you can uh, seek, like look for applications, invite people to, you know, kind of apply and then uh, look through that pile and appoint someone. Uh, if you're not going to appoint, you've got to hold a by-election. Uh, and then obviously the voters in the ward get to decide their next uh, next representative. And so it's kind of an interesting uh, situation that city council's in right now, because as I mentioned, there's only about a year until the next municipal election. That's October 24th, 2022. So whoever you've got 
they've got to fill. I mean, it's not an insignificant amount of time. It's a year, uh, but you don't have a ton of time, right? You got to be able to walk in, get going. Uh, and obviously, as of later this year, we're going to get into a lot more uh, election talk, municipal election talk. So nom the nomination period opens May 1st. That's when uh, anybody, including uh, current city councillors, the incumbents can um, file their nomination papers uh, to register, you know, to run for the municipal election. And then a few months after that, especially in the summer as campaigns get rolling and that nomination period closes, um, that's when you really see, I mean, I guess you could call it dialing up or dialing down at City Hall, whatever way you want to frame it. But, you know, politicians get more focused on their campaign and you're not going to see a lot of really crucial city business coming through uh, city council you know, no big controversial decisions uh, as much as can be avoided because everything is so darn political. So you've got two options, you can appoint or you can hold a by-election and uh, it's going to be up to council to decide what they do. So as of later this month, the October 26th meeting, uh, they're expecting to decide about the Ward 13 uh, vacancy, which has already been declared vacant. Uh, Councillor Kayabaga resigned her seat at the end of last month, September 29th. And obviously Councillor Squire's news, uh, the bombshell of this week's gonna take a little bit longer. So they've got to declare his seat vacant officially at that meeting at the end of the month as well. So uh, there's a lot that's got to happen. Uh, once you declare that seat vacant, if you're going to appoint somebody to step in, you've got to do that within 60 days. So we've already got the ticking clock for Councillor Kayabaga and assuming that council declares uh, Councillor Squire's seat vacant, Ward 6 uh, vacant as of the end of this month, they'll have that 60 day timeline running there too. So got to make some decisions pretty quickly. There's been a lot of discussion and it, it, it there's valid points on both sides and I want to kind of get your take on it as to if somebody is appointed that making sure that they will not run next October um what's the what's the reason for this because some people are very passionate one way or the other especially about this sticking point why you bet it's such a good question I think really what it boils down to is uh, some people say that if you're going to appoint somebody and they are going to be able to run in the next election, you're giving them a huge advantage, right? We talk about that advantage of the incumbent um, and somebody who is already on city council, somebody who's already representing a ward, they're starting way up here because you've got the name recognition, you know, your constituents, if they care about city council, or if they've had a problem, they're likely to know your name. And so when uh, voters are headed to the polls, you know, that gives you a huge advantage. They already know your name. They're going to recognize it on the ballot and, uh, and they're, they might be more likely to vote for you, especially if they are not so engaged, right? There's lots of research on kind of that advantage, um, that incumbents have, especially in municipal politics where there are no parties, right? You're just there with your ballot, whole bunch of names. So if you're not doing your research, um, a name that you've seen in the newspaper or you know you've written an email to your counselor that's going to jump out at you right away so it was kind of interesting you know on Tuesday there were a couple of uh, politicians really pushing that point very strongly saying this is a really unfair advantage we can't appoint somebody and allow them to run next year uh, because you know they, they've got a huge advantage over anybody else in the field who may already be planning um, to step forward into the race, right? Uh, and then there were a couple of comments too, uh, you know, Mayor Holder and Ward 2 Councillor Sean Lewis both said, listen, I don't care if we appoint somebody and they're gonna run in 2022. I actually think it's good because they're held accountable, right? They're, that's their opportunity. Um, you know, they've got to stand on their record of the last year and 
voters can decide. Did they do a good job? Did they not? So, you know, what's, what's really the problem if, uh, if they have that record to run on? So it's kind of interesting because council can't legally require that whoever they're appointing doesn't run. That's kind of a um, honor system, I guess you might call it, right? So uh, there's been examples both here in London and, and elsewhere where that's kind of the deal that's made. Somebody's appointed, but they have uh, agreed themselves not to run. And that's kind of, you know, an open part of the discussion. Um, but depending on what happens here, maybe that that won't be part of the discussion. It's, it's kind of interesting. And there's really no mechanism to require it. So you've got to either make that part of your deal. And, you know, when you're going out to appoint somebody or, or appointing the runner up, uh, have that conversation up front or let it go. And maybe maybe it isn't a problem. If, according to a couple of our counselors, you know, it's really not a big deal at all. I think part and parcel with politics, and it should be here in Canada, is the word democracy. And that word was thrown around a lot with regards to a potential by-election saying that this is really the only fair way for um, constituents to have their say as to who they want. But there's a pretty hefty price tag with regards to the by-election. Um, can you kind of get into the numbers? And is that for both wards? Or what's, what's the overall price tag going to cost taxpayers in the city? Yeah, absolutely. And so it's kind of interesting as of Tuesday, we've got a whole new set of numbers floating around because now, you know, if you're going to hold a by-election, maybe you're going to even hold two by-elections. So the city clerk has pegged that cost uh, between $165,000 and $180,000, uh, likely coming in around one hundred and eighty. dollars uh, And so the city clerk's actually recommended against holding a by-election uh, in both cases but not so much because of the cost, more so because of the time and the resources it's going to take, especially for city staff to get that going. So you've got to notify voters in the ward, you've got to get your tabulators ready, you know, set up, you know, an election, um, and then get the get those votes and get going. So their their point is, listen, we're already preparing for a municipal election a year away, we don't really have the resources um, to be pivoting and holding a bunch of by elections right now. So as you said, the word democracy came up uh, quite a few times uh, at the committee meeting because, you know, some politicians are saying, listen, yes, it, there's an expense there. Yes, it's going to take some time and effort, but that's really the only fair way we can go about this. Um, let, let's just do the thing, right? And so the city clerk was asked quite pointedly, what about running two? Is it going to be 180k per? What, what are we looking at? And so I think the answer that she landed on Tuesday was that you're going to find some efficiencies. It's not going to be the total cost if you're holding two by-elections. And if I'm remembering correctly, the other one came in around 130, 132k. Um, so your initial by-election is going to be about $180,000. And if you're having a second one in Ward 6, that would be about $132,000. And that's because obviously they can use some of the same systems um, to actually you know, do the voting and run the election, but you've still got the time and expense to set things up uh, to notify voters and, and to get that process going. So the timeline that's sort of been, uh, been suggested by the clerks would lead us into 2022 for sure. I think there'd be an advanced voting day potentially around the middle of January and then a voting day at the end of January if council obviously decides to go with a by-election. So that means you're not gonna have new representatives in those two open seats until February, really. Uh, and especially in the case of Ward 13 where their councillor took a leave of absence in order to run federally, um, you know, they've been without a representative for a few months already. So I think that's where politicians and uh, residents are saying, let's not mess around with this, right? Like we've been waiting long enough 
We don't want to wait three more months. We don't want to go to the polls. Uh, and you've got that question of how many people are really going to turn out to vote. You're kind of on the heels of federal election. We've got a provincial election coming up uh, in June. And then you've got a municipal election uh, next October. So barely over a year, you're already going to have three elections at all levels of government. Do you really want to throw a by-election in there? So there were a lot of comments too about, you know, ideally we'd hold the by-election, but it's just not going to work this time. Councillor Helmer said that, I think Councillor Cassidy and maybe even Councillor Morgan as well. Um, so, you know, clearly there, there would be some interest there, or at least they say they're interested in holding a by-election in the right scenario, but this just isn't it. Uh, Councillor Turner was, the, I think, the only proponent, you know, he's really pushing to hold a by-election um, now. And he says, you know, that's just the only fair way we can go about it. It's a democratic move. And, you know, that, that's what we have reserve funds for. There's an election uh, reserve where that uh, cash would come from to hold uh, one or possibly two by-elections. I know Mayor Ed Holder was pretty vocal about being anti-by-election. Um, and there was a lot of discussion about the runner-up just getting put right in. I know Councillor Elizabeth Beloza was not having that. What do you think is going to happen? Because it is, it's a little split. Council seems to be a little bit all over the place and everybody has been very vocal about this. Absolutely. It's so interesting. I've, I've honestly not seen so much council debate in, in months and months and the way it's kind of captivating some residents on those wards too. So it's certainly interesting. Yeah. And you know, the way the committee left it, the committee makes a recommendation to city council and they voted three to two uh, to recommend appointing uh, John Five Millar, who was the runner up in Ward 13, both in 2014 and in the latest municipal election in 2018. So that was a narrow vote. And I think uh, you're going to have a pretty, um, a pretty tense debate at council later this month, I think, because clearly some members who, some politicians who showed up to talk about the issue, but don't have uh, a vote at the corporate services committee will obviously have a vote at council. So uh, I'm not sure. I, I think that probably is uh, going to go through based on the lines you've got drawn at council um, and, uh, and based on the number of people who seem to be behind that option uh, as of the committee meeting this week. Uh, but it's really going to be interesting because the committee stopped short of recommending the same situation in Ward 6. Uh, Phil Squire had um, a much larger lead over uh, the runner-up in Ward 6 in the 2018 election. And it was, uh, you know, a much less crowded field compared to Ward 13, which, uh, which had a, a whole slew of candidates. So it was just Squire and the runner-up there was Mike Bloxham. He's, uh, you know, a heritage advocate. Um, owns his own small business, I believe, as well. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. You know, the committee stopped short of recommending the runner-up in that ward. They said, okay, we just had this announcement from Phil. Let's defer this decision to the council meeting at the end of the month, uh, which was kind of interesting. I know you mentioned Councillor Peloza. She came out and said, you know, is this really fair to people, right? We've got uh, a number of letters suggesting the runner-up in Ward 13, but I'm also hearing from lots of people who would love a shot. You know, are we even going to ask people to apply? Are we even going to look for interest, um, you know, from, from other people who may want to serve? And I assume she was talking about Ward 13 because the Ward 6 vacancy wasn't public then. But, you know, it's possible there are some people who'd be jonesing for that, uh, that seat as well, or at least the chance, um, you know, to fill that seat for the next year. So it's kind of interesting. Peloza was also really critical of the committee, you know, towards the end of that debate uh, this week. She said, 
why would we do this for one word and not the other? Like, you know, I, I don't agree with this process at all, but I'd like to see it done in both places if we're going to do it in one word. So it was kind of interesting to me that, you know, the biggest um, proponents of appointing the runner up, there were lots of arguments, you know, rank ballots, you know, offer us this opportunity and look here, the runner, runner up, you know, they're available, they're ready to serve. Uh, those arguments didn't seem to be made for ward six. So it's possible that's a timing issue. Uh, obviously, you, you, met, you know, mentioned it was sudden, it was bombshell surprise, I think, honestly, to most people um, in that room, including Councillor Squire's fellow, uh, fellow councillors. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that comes up. I think there's a lot of uh, push in the community to say at least you should be treating these words consistently. Um, and, uh, you know, as I say, there was a lot more space between um, Mike Boxman and Phil Squire where they finished in the 2018 election. So perhaps that's what people will point to, but it does seem a little bit inconsistent the way that the committee left it on Tuesday. Yeah, just for consistency's sake, it would make sense to do whatever you're doing for War 13, do for War 6. Um, We are running short on time, but I just want to mention quickly, is there any kind of precedence? The last time there was a vacant seat, so to speak, I believe was when Councillor Joni Beckler took over um, Mayor Fontana's seat when he resigned. Um, what happened to her her ward when that happened? Yeah, you got it. That was the last time. And so you had in that case, an ex-politician, um, Russ Monteith, uh, a lawyer come in to fill uh, that ward five seat that Beckler vacated when she took over for the mayor uh, after his resignation. So, um, you know, that was an option that was pushed on Tuesday too. I should have mentioned that, uh, you know, obviously a lot of people are saying, this is a, uh, an important job, a big job, and sometimes it takes some time to find your footing and figure out what you're doing, right? And so that was the argument in 2014, which you're right, it's the last example London has here. And uh, a couple of politicians made that point this week saying, here's our precedent, it's right here, it's worked. Um, you know, that appointment of Russ Monteith, I believe it was nearly unanimous, not quite there, but, and if you'll remember the 2014 council was, was not exactly known for unanimous decisions. So uh, uh, there's really an opportunity there. Some politicians say, you know, let's get an ex-politician, a retired counselor, someone who's done the job, someone who knows um, how to do it, and let's get them to step in for the year. Uh, It was described as kind of the steady hand, right, that uh, Russ Monteith provided that for Ward 5 um, when there was movement in 2014, and that somebody could provide that in Ward 6 and 13 right now. Uh, it's interesting, you do see that happen quite a bit, um, you know, in London and, and in other places around the province. Woodstock just did that, and I believe there's some examples, um, the lower tier municipalities uh, in Middlesex as well. So that's certainly an option. You do see, uh, you know, examples of the runner-up uh, being appointed as well. It's not as if that's that's a brand new idea either. So, you know, it kind of depends where you land, and I think it's interesting because we know appointment seems to be the preferred approach. People are saying, let's, let's get on with this. Um, But, you know, that can go so many different ways. And even if council makes the call to, you know, open up the field a little bit, look for applicants or, or to seek out an ex-politician. There's a whole lot of ways this could go uh, before we're at the end of the debate. So it's really going to be interesting to see what politicians come armed with for that October 26th council meeting. And, you know, what are they pushing and do they have names ready, right? If you want an ex-politician, do you have someone that you've asked uh, and someone who's ready to serve? It's going to be really interesting to see.
Well, I will have my popcorn ready. <laughs> Thank you so much for your insight. As always, Meg, this was wonderful. And um, I look forward to reading more from you in the coming weeks about this because it, it is, it's, it's very interesting. And as long as I've lived in the city, I've never seen anything quite like this transpire. So it's good and this impacts us. So thank you so much for your time. Thanks if you are enjoying the LF Press podcast, don't forget, please hit subscribe. We're streaming all the time. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, Google. We are on YouTube. We are, of course, over at lfpress.com. Tons of great stories, by the way, over at lfpress.com. So we will be back again next week with another edition of the London Free Press podcast. Until then, stay well. Bye.